0: My name is Teresa Reed. I am known as the Tarot Lady and tonight it is July 29, 2015 and I'm here with my very fabulous co-host, Miss Brianna Saucy. Hey, Bri.
1: Hey, Teresa. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, we have a very exciting show to share with you guys and we really appreciate you all being here. We know that, you know, it's Middle of the week, it's the evening, but we're really happy you're here. Thanks. Yeah, and you know,
0: this time of year too, a lot of people—it's summer. They're going out. They're doing a lot of things, making time for a lot more fun. So I love seeing people starting to pile into the the call-in line and on our little webcast. Um, I just really appreciate that because I know people've got things to do, but you know, Bree, that's why I think tonight it's, it's the perfect night to do the show that we're doing. Because finding that balance between being a busy entrepreneur but also, you know, making time for ourselves and our family and play, it's not an easy task. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. It is one of the areas that I hear so many of the people that I work with, students that I teach, clients that I work with, say is is a huge area of struggle and stress for them, you know, constant stress of, am I not being with my kids enough, am I not being with my work enough, like, you know, there's there's just this constant calibration that's happening.
0: Right on. And, you know, um, you've got small kids. My kids are both grown now. So it really freed up a lot of energy for me but there's been a lot of times in my life where I've been and I've been self employed for a long time now 25 years where you know I was doing the parenting thing and then I was taking care of aging parents and I'm juggling two different businesses and renovating a house and you know you can get into that mode of being over busy and burnt out and exhausted and having no life outside of work and that unfortunately when you get into that mode, which I can get there very easy, uh, all of a sudden you're not really paying attention to what's really important. And what's really important is the quality of our lives with our family, our love, all of that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, when I I have a 4-year-old and, you know, I remind myself at least once a week that the, one of the big reasons why I created the kind of work I created was so that I could really be with him and enjoy my time with him and have a schedule that allowed for that and allowed me to do work that I was really passionate about and that I cared very deeply about. And so it's a, you know, but I can go into work zones so quickly and it's like, Work zone is just, I have tunnel vision, you know, and and so I really have to watch that and make sure that I take the time to be with my guys because they're, they're the reason that I'm doing everything. Right, and, you
0: know, part of the trick is about schedules but also about having the tools and the tricks and techniques so that we can truly get that balance. And tonight our show is called Work Less. Live more, and we are going to be discussing efficiency, productivity, balancing it all, trying to do it all, juggling it all, and you know it's it's a it's a really big topic. And the person that we are bringing on tonight is someone I admire very much because I think she is the living, walking, breathing example of how to really do a family and a successful business, and not not have one sacrifice for the other. And she's been teaching so many, including teaching me through the things that I've, you know, participated with her, so much about how to get stuff done and have a life. So, um, Bree, why don't you tell everybody who this exciting mystery guest is?
1: It is my pleasure to do so. We are so happy to welcome Rachel Cook to the show tonight. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Rachel is the founder of the Yogipreneur, creator of the popular Fired Up and Focused Challenge and the Conscious Business Design Online Mastermind Program, programs that help entrepreneurs learn how to be more productive in their businesses without sacrificing their personal lives. You can find her at rachelcook.com or com, and we'll make sure that you guys have both of those website links available on the Facebook recording as well. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us tonight. We are super excited to have you and to partake of your wisdom.
2: Oh, I'm so pumped to be here, and I know we're going to have a lot of fun. We already had fun in just the pre-call. Right <laughs> on.
0: And this is such a great topic and you know i think you know really you are the person to talk about there was nobody else that we could think about that who is somebody who is the living breathing example of how to get it all done and have a life so we are very uh excited about the topic but also honored that you could be here to share your wisdom with us tonight so thank you of
2: course Anything
0: for you, Teresa. You're the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question that we want to ask you is why do you think so many entrepreneurs and mompreneurs, why do so many of them get burnt out? Oh, my
2: gosh. Why don't they get burnt out? (laughs) Or why do they get burnt out? Because you can't not get burnt out as a mom. I mean, burnout is, I wish I could say we could just all avoid it. but It's amazing how fast-paced our lives are and how much we have on our plate. And as moms, not only are we supposed to, you know, be an amazing mom who does all the amazing things and throws Pinterest perfect parties and, you know, has a beautiful house and you just look perfect all the time, we're also supposed to be the perfect spouse. And then being an entrepreneur or just being a working mom, like let's just say a working mom, on top of that, and you're supposed to be successful and ambitious, it's enough to make you just want to curl up in a ball and not move. But (laughs) it it really is. It's kind of overwhelming how much pressure we put on ourselves. Um, And I think each generation is just getting worse and worse and worse because now I think thanks to social media, we're all seeing each other's perfectly polished life and, and businesses. But what we don't see and what we don't talk about enough is what's really happening behind, you know, your perfect Instagram photos. And what's really happening with a lot of women that I'm talking to, a lot of women that I'm coaching um, through their businesses, is they are exhausted trying to look perfect all the time. They're exhausted trying to do it all. They're exhausted trying to be it all. And at the end of the day, when we get to the heart of what they're really doing, none of the things they're trying to do or they're trying to be is actually what matters to them or to their families. And so when I started digging into this um, even more in the last few years especially, I started realizing that the answer to having it all, to having all the things that matter most to you, is not trying to do it at all. It's about trying to uncomplicate it and trying to simplify your life and your business so you only spend time on the things that matter most instead of all the BS that just eats up our bandwidth and our mental energy and our happiness.
0: I mean, well of-
1: said. Very well <laughs> said. So, you know, that
0: leads to another question, and I, I'd like both of you guys to answer this because you both have young moms. Tell What I'd like to hear, tell our listeners about your life so people get an idea of how much you guys both have on your plate. So, Rachel, Start off. How much do you have in your plate? What, how much is going on in your life right now? So these people know you're not laying around yeah. on the beach with a mojito. No, um, I am a busy
2: mom of five and a half year old twins and a two and a half year old little guy, and it's summer right now, so they're all at home, <laughs> kind of <laughs> waiting for the five week countdown for school to start. Um, My husband works with me in my business. He left his job last year to work with me full-time in both of my businesses. And right now I'm running two businesses, the yogipreneur.com, which has taken on a new role in the past year and a half to be more of an information and online magazine-style website. Um, And then rachelcook.com is where I have all of my online training and online coaching programs so we're running both of those businesses with a full team of 10 people and yeah doing all doing all of that plus ballet and soccer practice and still managing to you know take care of my relationship with my husband, my kids and myself
0: mm. it's a lot
2: of a lot of things going on <laughs>
0: That's an under—that's an understatement. I mean, that's not just a lot of things going on. That is a, a real heavy, heavy load with a lot of responsibilities. I mean, I can't even imagine having small kids all five and under plus a team of ten people. That's crazy.
2: <laughs> but the team of people, and we can talk about this, you know, this is one area that I learned very early on. Um, the only way I can have the life I want is if I'm willing to ask for help and get support. And so for me, a big part of that has been um, bringing on people in my business. It also means bringing on people in my personal life. When my kids are running around the house right now, even though my husband and I are both at home working, we have a babysitter coming to help us out. We also have a housekeeper and I don't cut grass. And that's been essential for me to make sure that, you know, if I'm working 25-ish hours a week and my husband's working the same, we wanna make sure that those time we're spending Running these businesses is spent doing the highest level things that only we can do. And then the rest of the time, we want to go hang out with our kids and go to water country on the weekends and, um, in my case, take a bubble bath in the middle of the day or whatever it is I want to do.
0: <laughs> right on. And what about you, Bree? You know, tell us about your life so people get an idea. I mean, you've got a little one, too. What's all
1: going on in your world? I do, so I have a four-year-old, and I also work with my husband, so we just made that transition at the beginning of the summer. Our little boy Jasper is with us. We have, like, he goes to, like, a half-day summer thing, but he's pretty much completely with us. And we run Malaga Roots, my business, which involves two year-long courses, a variety of different services, um, a variety of one-off teaching classes. So there's a lot um, that we manage. And we don't have quite as big of a team on the business end, but what we have that makes a huge difference is family. Um, I We live in San Antonio, which is where I grew up, and we have my mom and dad, my sister, and my grandmother, and they all love to get Jasper time, and so that has really helped us as the business has grown because the business started – Um, really just a few months before I was pregnant with Jasper, so uh, the the online aspect of the business. So it has literally grown with him, and, yeah, it gets busy. (laughs) It's really busy. I can only imagine having three. Um, I'm kind of jealous that you have so much family
2: for just one (laughs) because I was just telling a friend, um, I don't have any family nearby that could do that for us. I wish we did. But I feel like I just got a raise, you guys. My kids finished preschool and they're going into Ugh. kindergarten next year at the public kindergarten and I looked at my husband and I was like, Honey, we just got like an extra fifteen hundred dollars a month. Let's go on vacation. <laughs> right.
1: Ah, uh, so so good, not to mention like more free hours, right? Like a little, yeah. just a little bit more free time. Family is both, a, you know, family is a mixed blessing. You have, I have a lot of girlfriends who don't have family, and it's like they get to really be deliberative in their choices. There's a yeah. lot more negotiation that happens when you're surrounded by family. So it's like I might say no TV, and family might say, well, we're going to watch a little bit, and so I have to negotiate that. But it's totally worth it. <laughs> There's always trade-offs, and I think that's the thing to remember when it comes to
2: creating, you know, this lifestyle as you're running your business is sometimes there are trade-offs, and you just have to figure out what works best for you. And I've definitely had some friends who tried to do what I did, which was, you know, either hire a babysitter or put their kids in preschool, and it just didn't work for them, and they had to find another way. But there's a way for every family.
1: You've made it happen. (laughs) So since we're talking about this, Rachel, can you like take us through your day and just tell us what your day looks like? Because I think that when people hear that, like, we have kids and we have health and, you know, we have husbands that are showing up and helping us, too, you know, there can be some strange ideas about what the day actually entails. So can you take us through yours? Yeah. Um, well, right now it's
2: summer, so it's a little different (laughs) because everybody's in the house, which means some days I have to leave the house in order to get anything done or to just focus. But um, my days are pretty structured. I am definitely a creature of habit, and I have found that I'm not one of those people who can switch tasks easily. Like, I can't be doing one thing and then jump into, like, just an hour of work and then jump back. I have to stay focused um so generally my days I like to start off pretty slow and pretty lazy in the mornings I like to have my I call it my kind of my hour to myself I pay myself first thing in the morning with an hour to myself it's the best investment you can make in your day and that hour for myself is usually getting up and if it's light up which it is right now because it's summer I'll get up and go on my walk I'll maybe do a small yoga practice or meditation I'll pick up a book that I'm reading usually something that inspirational or spiritual in nature, and it's just my quiet time with myself. I think that's one of the most important parts of my day. Um, then my kids wake up, <laughs> which usually means it's kind of crazy and chaotic trying to get them going and and fed, and anybody who has little children trying to shuttle them around in the mornings, you know that just getting them out the door takes, like, two parents and full effort. I don't know how anybody does it solo, Um, Because I had to do that for a while when my husband was a teacher, and it was insanity trying to get them out the door. But then after I get them out the door, usually I sit down to work from about 9 until about, right now, about 3, which is longer than it used to be. I used to only work from about 9 till 1 every day. But right now I'm I'm working on some big projects this summer, and I decided to extend the workday and have a sitter that could stay with us longer. Um, throughout the day. So I'm pretty, pretty boring. I'm working from like nine to three or nine to four most days, except for Tuesdays and Thursdays, because I have a personal training appointment, which is new this summer, but I knew that I needed to take better care of myself. So I hired a personal trainer this summer for two days a week. Mm. Um, And that's Tuesday and Thursday mornings, but every other day is pretty much nine to three, where I just sit down and focus in on the big projects like i literally had eight big projects i wanted to work on this last month um and i have to focus in on like big things at a time and thankfully my team takes a lot of the little stuff off my plate which is amazing um and then my once we i kind of wrap up my work day it's family time and hanging out with friends time like literally when I wrapped up um, my online mastermind call for my conscious business designers today, I wrapped up my call with them, then my family and I were making pizzas and our neighbors came over with their little boy and we're dancing around the kitchen to music and making pizzas together and hanging out. And, did a, you know, hanging out with everybody, we hanging out with the family, hanging out with friends. Sometimes I go on a date night with my husband. Sometimes we take the family out on a date night where we take our kids out to dinner and um something fun for them and then we just kind of hang out in the evenings. I read a lot of books in the evenings. I'm I'm definitely a voracious reader. And we don't have a television, so we don't watch TV at night, but we get to the library probably <laughs> at least once a week because we're going through a lot of stuff on a regular basis. So that's my day. It's pretty simple and straightforward, but I think the thing that helps the most is just having a clear container for work time and also um, training myself to not go to bed with a laptop so that I'm working all the time. That's a major problem I've had in the past. Is, mm. you know, And I think a lot of moms who are trying to navigate those first couple years while you're running your business have related to this, where you feel like anytime the kids are asleep, you should work on your business. And I realized really quickly that if I did that, I was going to just run myself into the ground. So now once the kids are in bed, that is my time to take care of myself. It's my time with my husband. It's my time to relax, and it's really important for
0: basically my mental and emotional
2: health, (laughs) running all this stuff that I'm doing.
0: That's so true. I have to add something to that, too. You know, when my kids were small, I had to keep a schedule, and then they grew up, and so I had more free time, and I then was working a lot. And then my mother passed away, and I was caring for my 90-something-year-old father, and all of a sudden I had to have a completely new schedule. And I got really hardcore structured then because he really needed me a lot. And that schedule kept me sane and made sure that business ran and my business wasn't running me, but also that, you know, he had what he needed and I could be available in case of an emergency. And what ended up happening is after he passed, I found myself starting to go into that mode of trying to be available 24-7 again, I had to really force myself to pull back and say you need to keep a regular schedule. You cannot go back to that. Yeah, I have definitely
2: found that a schedule is so important and not even running, uh, you know, running your family, but even most of my clients are in different time zones than me. When I first started my business and I was, you know, just a challenge of scheduling coaching calls with people who are in different countries, and different time zones I would have an Australian client who wanted to have a phone call with me but for us to be both awake during the day like I'd be up at 8 o'clock at night trying to have a phone call with her and finally I was like you know what I've got to put boundaries in place here because my work is kind of invading every aspect of my life and I think that's one thing it definitely helps to put that container in place
1: absolutely yeah i completely agree i have a i have a really definite schedule and this summer when david came on came on board with me one of the things i did was i moved all my calls to choose specific days a week and it has made a huge difference in just freeing up space and mental real estate but you know the other thing with either with aging parents or with children is that your schedule, you also have to recalibrate it every now and then, yep. right? Like I find with Jasper, like my schedule oh with my him God. now as a four year old is so different than it was when he was a two year old. And even like when he was two and a half, I had to change my schedule again because their needs change so quickly and what they can do and what they need help with changes.
0: Right and on. Same, same with an aging parent. It's, you exactly. know, as dad started developing more health problems it really we had to change the dynamic all again so yeah it's it, it's like we're constantly having to adjust so my question and i think this might be something we all have a different opinion on how do we what is our advice on how to set up a schedule that flows with your life and around your life what mm, is your I, um, yeah i love this
2: question and i totally agree you're going to be adjusting your schedule. Whatever's coming up in your life, you know, we all have different seasons, and some seasons stretch longer, and some seasons are every three months as your kid's schedule changes. Um, But what I found, and I teach this inside of my Fire Up and Focus Challenge, and I call it my model calendar, and basically what I teach and encourage people to do is to kind of map out your ideal week for what's most important to you in your life, in your business, right now. And when I teach this, I always encourage people to start with what do they need time for in their their health, their well-being, <laughs> their um, personal time. If you're like me and you're extremely introverted, you understand that personal time is actually, like, a requirement, not an option. Um, and then your family, your significant other, your friendships. Like, what's important to you to feel like – We're giving, you know, everybody in your life and the people who matter most and the things that matter most time every single week because it's, you know, these are the things that are easy to take for granted while you're building your business. And it's really easy for all of us entrepreneurs to fill up every waking moment with work. But, you know, if you get sick or you get hurt or whatever, you're going to wish that you could go back in time and nurture those relationships and take better care of yourself. Um, And I found that out because I have been sick and I have needed people and they weren't necessarily there when I was working way too hard. So I say plug those things in first and just make a commitment, even if right now it feels like you don't have a ton of time, just decide what's one thing you want to add. Like maybe this month you just want to start doing something like giving yourself half an hour in the morning to have some me time or to go on a walk, whatever it is. Whatever's most important to you, I would recommend plugging that into your calendar, like actually getting a calendar like a Google Calendar or something where it's hour by hour and saying, this is where I'm taking care of myself, this is where I'm taking care of my health, this is where I'm taking care of my relationships um, before you start plugging in your business. And what I found is, for me, because I'm a mom, it, it became easy to kind of see what my work hours were going to be because it was based around preschool, basically, and, you know, child care. Um, But once I had those hours carved out and I could see what I had left over, then I go in and I plug in the most important things that move my business forward every week. And there's really five core tasks that every entrepreneur needs to have their eyes on. You have to take care of your administrative and operations types of tasks, you know, sending emails, replying to voicemails, sending invoices, um, you have to do customer service, make sure that people who have paid you are happy and that you're taking really amazing care of them. You have to actually do the work for the people who've paid you. So making time for the client. And I totally agree, Brie, when I was seeing one-on-one clients, I was putting it on like two days a the week. And these were the slots that people could, could get on the phone with me and that's it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it just got crazy count. And that saved my butt so much because it just helped kind of group it all together, you can get in the flow, and then you can move on to something else the next day. Um, But the other things, and this is where I spend more of my time now that I've got a team helping me with so much more, and because I'm working in more group programs, um, but business development, so creating new programs and services and writing books and, and, you know, putting things out into the world... That's a big area you should spend time on. And then finally, marketing your business. So, marketing your business and inviting people to work with you. So, if you touch on each of those things once a week at least, (laughs) your business will move forward. So, I tend to eliminate all the distractions that keep me from focusing on those core things during my week. And, like I said, at this point, as you grow and as you're able to get support, you're able to get a team you'll be able to find people to help you with the administrative stuff or with the, you know, customer service types of things. Um, But at this stage I'm in in my business, most of my time is spent either creating new things for clients or building my community and building my business more through marketing. So that's, that's kind of how I encourage people to approach their week. Look at how are you going to take care of yourself, your health, and your relationships, figure out how much time you have available to work, and then make sure you're touching on each of those areas every single week so that
0: you continue to move the ball forward in your business. That's really great advice. Bree, do you do kind of the same thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I really love the categories that you called out, Rachel. I think they're so clear, and they're really right on. Um and I have, you know, since David has come on board and we have one other member of our team, I've definitely been able to farm out some of the areas where I am, you know, not as necessary, and that has felt so, so good because it's really allowed me to be with my people, which I love so much, and to come up with new ideas or to develop ideas that I've had, which I also really, really love. So, I, you know, I think that being able to identify those categories work them in to your plan on a weekly basis is really such a smart thing to do. And there's a million different ways to do it, you know, but but to touch base with them, as Rachel said, I think is right on. Mm -hmm. What about you, Teresa? Um, I have
0: a very strict schedule, and I I only do client readings, uh, you know, like phone or in person on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And I have the schedule based on what's convenient for my clients, but also when I work the best. And I don't work one-on-one with clients in the morning because my brain is, is not working. I can do email readings. I can do my card for the day. I can do all that. But the one-on-one mm-hmm. takes a lot of energy. And yeah. so let's pretend if I was doing a reading for for you – You know, I used to have earlier hours, and I don't know if it's just me getting older or what it is, but I just found that my brain at 1 o'clock, it's like I am ready to see people. I'm ready to rock and roll with you. So, you know, I I created very, very strict, strict hours then. And sometimes it is harder for clients who do live out of state, but people have gotten cool with that. They just know this is, look, you want a good reading? Do you want me to be present, or do you want me to be half-assed? You know, that's usually... (laughs) (laughs) That's usually how I have to base it. And then I have, like, my housework scheduled. I have have everything on a schedule, and it really flows beautifully. And I've started taking full Sundays off, which I never used to do. Mm. Oh, nice. No more days. Yeah. I do a lot of email readings, and I'm very efficient, so I usually get them done in 24 hours, 48 hours. But I started putting down this new rule. I'm not doing any more of these email readings on Sundays because sometimes I'd be spending up to two to three hours a day on a Sunday. And I have a note on my site now. Nope, if you buy an email reading on Friday or Saturday, you might be waiting until seventy two hours. Good Instead, for you. Again, boundaries. I Go need Teresa.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> we that's why need I think. those days off. We oh, do we need the days off, and i I hereby give everybody that's on the call permission to take your weekends off
1: mm, right. tell people, no. tell you know we have a... that
2: you are taking the weekend off. it's normal, and I think we're just so used to everybody being like instantly available, yep, at, at first, people are maybe a little like, "Huh?" when you tell them that you take weekends off because they're used to you having email on your phone and all this other stuff. At the end of the day, if you don't create the boundaries, someone will find a reason to make you work on the weekend. And I don't let anybody run my schedule except for me. So
1: yep, yeah, I just to take that approach. Yeah, I take four the weekend weekends off. off, and it's made a huge difference in my business and my bottom line. That that I've done it. it absolutely has, and I'm and I'm off off on the weekend. I rarely even get onto social media during the weekend. I'm with my family. Yeah, I love
2: that. And actually, my assistant fusses at me. Um, if I get on Slack and message something, which is the messaging tool my team uses.
1: Yes, I love sometimes,
2: that. Sometimes I'll get an idea, like in the middle of the weekend, I'll be like, oh, I'll just shoot this off to her. And then I'll get in on Monday and she's like, stop working. <laughs> so I've given everybody permission to fuss at me when I'm in the inbox, which I'm not supposed to be in, because my assistant handles that, or if I'm slacking people on the weekend. Um, but I wanted to circle back and say, Teresa, I love what you just said about, um, only seeing clients in the afternoon. And I don't know if it's become because I'm an introvert, but that's how I run my schedule too. In fact, I try to avoid having any calls on my calendar before one o'clock. And what, what I discovered is, and this is also if anybody studied Ayurveda, um, there's different hours of the day that are generally just like some are more creative and some are more like you're better with being people And the morning is definitely a creative time so if you have a lot of creative work that you're doing this could be writing your blog post or um, you know working on a new video or creating content for a program or something like that the morning's tend to just naturally be more creative time like that's just where my brain space is But I also know that if I try to have phone calls during that time, then I'm done. Like, I've used up all my juice, and then I won't have any anymore the rest of the day. But if I work on those types of projects in the morning, I can take a break at noon, you know, go get lunch or whatever, and then sit down with my clients, and I, I will feel like I've gotten a full day of being really productive in. And because I've used two different sides of kind of my brain or whatever, I don't know. But, you know, working on more creative stuff feels different to me energetically than being on the phone with people. So I think that's a great distinction to make, and it's a great way to make sure, again, that you're not burning yourself out, um, kind of slogging away
0: at creative stuff all day long,
2: um, because
0: that can also be draining over time. I think Bree and I would probably both agree with with that, too. And for me, in the morning is when I, I get up, I like to do my yoga, my meditation, workout, I have quiet time. I do my card of the day because nobody else is awake. I write in the morning because my brain is really tuned into that. Uh, So creativity and all that kind of jazz, that's all my morning stuff. And then my husband and I always do morning errands together so we have time to walk and talk. And then I, come I back love here. that. Yeah, it's important. You guys are so
2: cute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we come back here, and then, you know, he's self-employed, too, and he's an artist, so he's doing art in his studio, and I'm down here dealing with clients or whatever else is on that schedule. And at the end of the day, we converge, we come back together, we put on, we do have TV, and I'm kind of unfortunately a TV fanatic. i got to have my, my Game of Thrones or True Detective. And then we unwind <laughs> together, and I'm done. I'm done.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm not answering emails at night. Once in a while, I might shoot something off, but usually it's just to let someone know, I got your email, be in touch. That's it. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have a question that came in for you guys, and so I think this is a good one, too. It comes in from Deborah. She's from Detroit, and she is thrilled. She wants you to know she's very thrilled to be here because she really needs this conversation. But she wants to know how you guys maintain your relationships with your husbands. How do you keep that spark going, knowing that your passion <laughs> is your business and your family? How do you handle the emotional roller coaster of growth of your business with trying to handle personal time with your husband besides the kids? Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> That's uh-huh. a big question. We're going
2: there, huh? Okay. Yeah, we yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoa, okay, well, you know, I think I can answer this from two perspectives. One from Jameson not working with me, and then from Jameson working with me. So when Jamison didn't work with me, it was probably a little bit more challenging, actually, because he didn't understand what I was doing all day long. And, in fact, um, I remember the first month he he left, resigned from teaching. He was a public school teacher for almost 10 years, and he resigned last year. And within the first month of being in my business and, you know, really getting inside of it and seeing all that's going on and where we are and working with all the team, he looked at me and he was like, I'm sorry, honey, I never knew how hard this was. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, really? Like, all the times I was talking to you about this, you had no idea? He's like, I-, I just didn't get it. So first, remember that. Like, they need to be your support system, but often they don't get it. unless they're in it with you and that's okay because I built up another support system and that's who I call my business BFF these were um, in my case a lot of other women who were in the same position and I could lean on for that kind of ups and downs support like there was time where without him really understanding what entrepreneurship is like um, unless we were like in a crisis situation I had to be like well honey I need to make like 10 grand right now I wasn't going to talk to him about little things because he's just not wired with the same kind of entrepreneurial risk tolerance, we'll call it that. Um, so leaning on your business BFFs, finding people who get it and who are there with you is so important. And it also takes the pressure off your husband to be your only support system, um, which I think is really important just in having them stay encouraging and not getting worried or panicked when things go up and down, because they will. That's just part of, you know, the nature of the game. Um, so that has been that was really important before he came on to work with me. The other thing that was really important was just asking for help in other areas of our life. So I know a lot of women um, have a real hard time asking for help, and maybe it's just the guy I married who's freaking awesome, maybe it's I don't know, our generation, but I finally had to be like, hey, honey, I really need you to get up and fix the kids' breakfast in the morning so I can do this. Um, Or, hey, I really need you to take over laundry so that I can, you know, do something else. So it's really easy to think that we're trying to split things 50-50, but when you actually look at it, I see a lot of women still are doing like 90% of the life stuff together, and Mm -hmm. then they're feeling exhausted and resentful. They're working so hard on this business, and, you know, their hubby is sitting there on the sofa watching a ball game while they're doing everything else, plus running a business, plus kids. Ask for some help and just tell them, like, here's here's what's happening. I'm, I'm working on these things. This is what's going to happen when I get this thing off the ground. But I need you to help me with these things, and here's what I need to assign to you. <laughs> and literally I had to say, you're in charge of this, this, and this. And now there's no misunderstanding. There's no, like, Underlying resentment, it's very clear like he's in charge of these things and I'm in charge of these things And so it's a little bit more even but that was really important for us Um, And the final thing is date night. You know what I mean (laughs) put it on a calendar Make it every week you need to spend time with each other I think it's really easy for and it's happened you know so many times in our life, and I've been married eight years now um, I feel like Getting married brought a new level to our relationship, and then having kids brought a new level to our relationship, and being an entrepreneur brought a new level to our relationship, and each of these big milestones almost started to pull us apart a little bit because we'd get so distracted by all the other things, but the minute that we put date night on the calendar, and we did this a few years back, we just kind of looked at our babysitter, and we said, okay, we need you here every Tuesday night. Tuesday night is great for date night because nothing is full. (laughs) You can get the best restaurant, and all sorts of stuff, and the babysitter actually wants to work on a Tuesday night. Um, And we've just had it on our calendar for like three and a half years now, and it's made such a big difference. In fact, last um, December our babysitter was in the Richmond Ballet, and December is always the Nutcracker, so we didn't have our date night for the whole month of December. And by the time January came around and date night was back on the calendar, I was like, oh, thank God, I don't really hate you. We just needed to have
1: date night <laughs> so we would have more time together.
0: Bree,
1: do you guys do yes. that too? We do, and actually we have such similar stories, Rachel, because my husband was also a teacher, and he taught at a private Catholic high school. And so he – we have super awesome communication, and we're very much on the same page, but he did not realize the extent – of how many balls I'm juggling at any given time until he came on board. And he was like, whoa. And sort of like, how have you done this, like, for so long by yourself? This is crazy. And I definitely had business BFFs. Teresa is one of them. And uh, our date night is Wednesday night for the exact same reason. Right? You have to go. Wednesday night, you know is serving half price margaritas in San Antonio. And like it's so it's just so easy to go places and to do things and there's just not a ton of crowds because, you know, when we're together the last thing we want to deal with is logistics, seriously. And the big thing that I would say we have to watch and I, I talked about this, Teresa, in the creative coupling book that you did was, you know, we have to watch, like, our date nights could easily become business planning sessions. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we have a rule, like, we are not talking about business, like, we can talk about how cute I am or how handsome he is or how pretty (laughs) this place is or how delicious our food is or politics or the books we're reading but we are not talking about business and that really helps. And then the other thing that really helps us are check ins throughout the day. So we both work from home and we have a studio in the back of our home that's detached from our main house. And so he has a study in the house. I'm in the studio so I'll come in and check in with him. And, like, usually that involves, like, a kiss or a snuggle or, like, a shoulder rub. And then vice versa, he'll do that for me. And we're both very, like, touch-centric. So that really helps kind of return us to one another throughout the work day and literally takes, like, three minutes. So it's an easy time investment.
2: I really love that. And I wish I had, like, like a separate studio because right now my whole family is in the house.
1: Um, But I – I'm waiting for
2: school. Five weeks, guys. Five but weeks.
1: you, got, you You're in your own are, You're in the end run. <laughs> we
2: are all here. But I do have a great library I escaped to that's literally like a quarter of a mile away from my house, and they have a great little quiet room that I will retreat to. Libraries are my happy place. Yeah, but they're amazing. I, I definitely want to add um, to what you just said, like having little check-ins and other things. You know, something that's been amazing, and I'm actually kind of, proud of us that this is our new thing is going to work out together
1: like this mm. trust
2: me if, if anybody like met us in person you would not think that we are like the couple that goes to the gym every week or multiple times a week but we love it we take the kids we drop them off and then we go like even if we're on the treadmills right next to each other granted my husband's actually running and I'm just kind of trying not to die <laughs> but it's our special time together Sure. we've we've definitely gotten to um, – that's something I never thought. Like, he's definitely um, more of like an athlete. He plays soccer and can run, and I'm kind of like a yogi. I don't really like a lot of intense workout stuff, but that's become something new for us that has helped us connect on a different level, something we haven't tried. And when we started working together from home, it became really important for us to get out of the house on a regular basis, and that's one of our big ways to get out of the house that um, doesn't involve, you know, going out to dinner. <laughs> so I think that's something, especially if you're working together, plan ways to get out of your house. It might mean finding a co-working space to go together. It might mean going to the gym or whatever else you guys are into, um, but it's like really it. helpful for us.
1: I like what Teresa said about taking a walk with her husband. We do that in the morning. We take a mile or two-mile walk, and and I so agree with what you said, Rachel. It's really important to get the blood pumping.
0: Oh, yeah. I agree, too. And exercise also. uh, We love to walk together. We adore walking together. And we'll take, like, two to three walks a day just to take a break, get a head break, get some fresh air, get our bodies moving, and just talk. Just talk and yeah. communicate. We've been together, you know, almost now it's it's going on 24 years. And, you know, these are just things that are ingrained into our relationship, and it helps our relationship stay really, really tight. The wonderful thing is, though, I do have the advantage. I have a really nice big office, and I have a door that I can shut, and I can shut him <laughs> his ass out. And it's <laughs> wonderful because I can work really in the, with a lot of peace here. So I'm, very for, I'm very fortunate, very. Well, it's peaceful when children are in school right now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I think
2: the moving, the moving together, walking, we got Fitbit this year, and it's been really fun on fit, when you get a Fitbit, um, you can download the little app, and then you can challenge each other. So oh, yeah. there's a little notification saying, like, is on the move, there he goes. And I'm like, dang it. So then <laughs> they're kind of... It's just something to be bring a little bit more of that playful energy, which I did you just have to find ways to do that. It's really easy when you're working together, especially to, like you said, make it all about business. Everything you're talking about is business, and everything you're doing is business. It's very serious, um, but there's something about just doing working out together, walking together, challenging each other on Fitbit, that suddenly it just lightens everything up, gets the energy moving, literally.
0: <laughs> Right on. So you guys were mentioning some – Brie, what was that thing that you guys mentioned that you both – Slack.
1: We were talking about Slack. Is that what you're thinking?
0: Yeah, uh, productivity and efficiency. Do we want to start talking about that, the tools and stuff? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah, I can geek out on some productivity tools.
1: Rachel, tell us what you love. I know that you're a fellow Slack lover, as am I. It's amazing. I know nothing about
0: Slack, just so you guys know. I know nothing about this, so.
1: I just learned about it about a month and a half ago, and it has changed the way my team does business. It's pretty rocking.
2: Yeah, Slack is like an instant messaging tool for your team, and it's really helpful if you find yourself sending lots of emails back and forth, but you want to You get frustrated, and they get lost, and it gets confusing, Um, and it's just an easy way to kind of send announcements out to your team or to keep everybody updated. So um, inside Slack, you can have private messaging with everybody on your team. You can have channels for specific projects, and that way whoever's on the project can talk to each other, and what I also like is it integrates with um, Asana, which is a project management tool. And it also integrates with Google Docs, and those are all things that my team uses. We use it literally every single day. Everybody's in there checking in with each other every single day. And because team is where it is right now, um, and they're all over the country because everybody works from home, it's been a great way for everybody to kind of check in, give updates. Everybody leaves me a weekly update at the end of the week and says, here's what I did. Um, you know, here's what I'm working on. Here's questions I have, and here's how many hours I worked, which is helpful for me managing all these people. Um, and it just makes it easy for us to get those quick updates without digging into a ton of emails. And in fact, we don't email each other at all anymore. We're not allowed to email each other. Every all team communication has to go through Slack, unless it's in Asana and it's um, related to a specific project. But in general. This is how we, my whole team, communicates. And what I really love about it, um, and I'm probably dating myself just a little bit to anybody who's like more of a millennial, but back when AOL Instant Messenger was out, I remember when I was in college, AOL Instant Messenger was a big thing. Everybody would like hang out there for hours and like check in with their friends. That's kind of how it is. It's like created this whole community for my team. Granted, we've never all met each other in person, but now they really, like, know each other and like each other and make jokes with each other and are chatting with each other. Um, So that's been really cool and something that I've never experienced before, building the team. And it's free, which is also awesome. So if you're interested in Slack, check it out. It's been a great way to keep the team together. Um, And I'm also testing the idea soon to use it as part of my group programs, as kind of like a chatting chat ground for like my success coaches in my conscious business design group, um, which I hadn't done before, but we're going to be adding that in there for them so that they can connect and engage with each other more. So that's one of my favorites right now. The other one I mentioned is Asana. There's also like Basecamp or Trello. If you're the way I've heard people talk about it is if you really like checklists and you're very kind of linear thinking, then you'll like Asana better. If you're more visual, um, I know a lot more designers prefer Basecamp over Asana, but Basecamp is a paid project management tool, whereas Asana is free, and it's very robust for being free, so I love that. Um, And the other productivity tool that we use is um, Help Scout which is an email kind of like help desk, I guess is the best way to to say it. Um, But we have so many different inboxes and stuff to manage that it was just getting impossible to try to keep up with, like, forwarding them all to one major Gmail inbox or whatever. So this way, with Help Scout, we can have um, multiple people can check into the inbox. We can assign emails to whoever they need to be assigned to. And we can leave notes for each other on an email, so if one of my assistants has a question for me about how to respond to an email or something like that, she can write a note and I'm the only one that can see it, the person on the other side can't see it, and that way I know what's going on or what the question is, Um, and that's been really helpful too, because then it's just been a much cleaner, easier way to manage all the email that hits our inbox. So those are probably my three favorite tools that my team uses every single day, and they're easy to use.
0: I don't use any think, tools, so I'm just curious. You guys, uh, are these easy to use?
1: Slack is Slack is super, uh, super, super easy yeah. to use. And and I would say, I know that there's a couple of big blogs like Farnham Street Blog is using Slack for like that kind of conversational, almost like a forum. Then I think that I've heard really good feedback on that, so i'll be interested, Rachel, to see how it works for you but um Slack would also work for people who want to collaborate on a project together, so say you and yeah. one of your business BFFs, you know say you and i teresa we could we could create a talking shop channel on Ooh. Slack, and we could just jam on all of our talking shop stuff there instead of emailing each other, so you know that it works for that as well, and it 's very, very simple. To use, And I think Asana is true. I've played with that before. Now, I don't know about Help Scout.
2: Yeah, I think um, Help Scout took a little bit of time to kind of set up. But once we had it set up and they have great training, which this is really important to me. um, Whenever I look at a, a tool that I'm going to use for my business, if there's not good support and there's not good training, then I refuse to use it, whether it's free or paid. I do not like having to train my whole team. That's That oh, makes me insane. Like, I don't want to spend, sit there for an hour teaching them how to use our, our email system. So the fact that it has an amazing training thing has been great because I can just tell my team and I have, like, an onboarding checklist. Like, here's what you need to learn how to use in order to communicate with the team, go do these 10 help scouts, like, little five-minute videos, and you'll know how to use it like a pro. So it's great. Um, Asana has a lot more capability than I even know what to do with, but I found it pretty intuitive to use. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, I gave my husband permission to take their training, and then he started doing all this crazy stuff, and I was like, no, 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 we're not there yet. We're not this (laughs) this high-tech. Can you make this a little bit more, like, idiot-proof for the rest of us? (laughs) um so there's a lot of features in there but it literally is just a checklist like you can just make a checklist and you can comment on it and you can attach things to it um but again what i love about it is it makes it easy to assign things to give deadlines to things and um make sure that all the moving parts are all moving and that nothing gets dropped behind which is really important for me with so many projects happening at all times i would love that i'm able to kind of log in. And see by each project, like, here's the stages of everything that we're working on. And I also love in that, where if I've assigned people a specific project and they have questions or they need to do something like send me a draft or send me the first edit for something, like they can do that right there and it's all in one place. Um, so that's really helpful for me. Basically, I realized once you get beyond yourself or yourself plus a VA, Trying to do those types of things, trying to collaborate and keep track of all the documents and all the updates and all that kind of stuff via email is mm-hmm. like you're guaranteed to pull your hair out, um, or at least not I efficient. Was. So but it's, yeah, it's it's very complicated to keep track of it um, that way. So these types of tools help to make sure that you can look at things at a glance and know where things are. That communication is. Um, always top of mind, and as long as the whole team is using it, then you as as the CEO of your business should be able to log into any of them and get the pulse of what's going on in your business, which is really your job. Keep the pulse of the business. Keep the ship moving forward. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to ask, I know that we're almost at the end, but I want to ask really quickly because you've mentioned them so much. I want to ask you about your team, and I want to – hear what your advice is for finding help in the home or in your business because I just have a feeling that a lot of people listening probably want to know the answer to that question. I need to yeah. <laughs> 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 Teresa, I was mind-melding with Teresa, and she was saying, where do these amazing helpers come from? I want some.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: it's, it's. I can tell you one thing. I've learned this the hard way. I've spent a lot of money and made a lot of mistakes, Hiring the wrong people. Mm. So this is a skill I had to learn. I've never had to hire people. I've never had to manage a team before, um, before running my own business. Um, so this was a big upgrade over the last two years. Was learning how to hire people and how to find people, and thankfully I've got a lot of mentors, um, actually including my dad, who's been an entrepreneur my whole life, to help me learn what you need to know when it comes to hiring and firing people. Because for me, it was really Hard even to let people go, and I had people who I'd know, you know, for three months. I was like, every month I'd get their invoice, and I was like, I just need to tell them this isn't working out. And then the next month would come up, and I'd be like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> um, and but at the end of the day, like you've got to take care of your business. So part of that is hiring the right people. So what I've learned is a couple of things. One. Get really clear on the type of person you want to work with. Just like, and I know everybody, if you're an entrepreneur on this call, you've heard of, like, a customer avatar or a dream client or something like that. Well, guess what? You need that for your team. You need to know what is the most important personality traits, who are you looking for on this team? Like, not in in terms of skills, but in terms of, like, who they are, how they show up in the world. Um, what are they like? What do they stand for? Do their values align with what you're building this business around? That's the most important thing because you can really train so much, but you can't help somebody have a different personality. So for me, you know, some of the things that were most important um, when I'm hiring people is can they figure stuff out? Are they proactive and they can go out there and figure it out? Um, or are they going to be the type who really wants me to hold their hand and, and you know, kind of micromanage them? I don't micromanage. I hate micromanaging. So I need to know that they can figure stuff out. I need to know that um, they are confident making a decision. And I actually took this, I think it was from um, – This is from a blog, maybe from Tim Ferriss, who I don't always love, but this piece of advice was so good, and it was basically, if they can solve it for under $100, he just let them do it. And I was like, this is great. This is going to save me so much back and forth on so many minutiae little things. So I give them permission to do things like, um, if we have client gifts, we have to send out, here's the budget for client gifts. Here's the budget for this. We have these little things, these little guidelines, and it's just, you can do it. You don't have to check in with me on certain things. So that's big for me. I want people who are very self-directed. Um, I also want people who almost over-communicate because that was a major pitfall for me with people who wouldn't communicate and they wouldn't use asana and they wouldn't update me. And then I'd be sitting here thinking something was going to be turned in and I'm just waiting on the other end. So outlining those things was really important. Um, creating a job description is really, really important. In fact, if you go to the com slash job or slash jobs, you can still see a job description for one of the roles we hired for last year. It's still sitting there. I just haven't taken it down, and people keep asking me, so I just keep leaving it up. Um, but having a job description that specifically says, like, you are for us if you're this type of person. You're not for us if you're this type of person. Just like when you're writing, you know, a sales page. You want to tell them, who is this right for? Um, and the other thing is then, of course, getting clear on the roles. The worst thing you can do is hire somebody in a panic because you're overwhelmed and all you're thinking is, I just need help. i got to get this off my plate. But you're not really clear on what they need to be doing, what the process is or what the system is or even what the strategy is that you're trying to hire somebody for so for example I was kind of panicked about social media earlier this past year and I was just there were so many things going I was like I need somebody who can jump in and help me with social media so I hired somebody who came on a referral I didn't really go through my whole process with them I didn't really have a job description in place I wasn't clear on what exactly I needed them to do and two months later, I realized, okay, I think this is a totally wrong fit. I don't need what she actually is amazing at, um, which was building up social media engagement. I specifically needed somebody who was great at Facebook ads and building leads. Totally different skill set. But I was panicked, and I didn't think about it, and so I spent several thousand dollars on somebody who had a different skill set than what I needed. So you'll do a lot um, for yourself if you just do those things. Think about the personality. Think about um, what the actual role is. And then take your time hiring. There's a great saying, hire slow and fire fast. There's a reason it's a saying. It's because, especially for, like, me, I get attached to people. I tend to hire people based on, like, oh, you're so great. I love you. I want to just hug you. And then I'm like, oh, you're not right for this job. Um, And it's really hard for me to say, this isn't working. I've gotten better at it, but it's really, really hard. But if you take your time hiring and you do some things in the hiring process, um, one of the things that I learned was asking them to do test jobs in the hiring process. So when people fill out an application for me, um, like if it was a customer service thing, I would say, Here's an email that we got. What reply would you respond? And I would give them, like, literally one of those crazy emails that we all get that's, like, from an irate person or somebody who doesn't like you or whatever, just to see how they would handle it. Um, There's no right or wrong, but it's just getting a sense of what would they say. And plugging those types of little things into the process is very helpful. I also found having someone else do the first interview and then have them give me their feedback was very helpful. Um, And... For all the people on my team, there was somebody else who interviewed them first for me, and they would go through through that first round, and I would only have to talk to, like, the final two or three people. And that was helpful because, again, I just love everybody. I just want to work with everybody, and I'll talk to somebody and be like, oh, you're great, and not really be thinking, (laughs) like, more strategically. So having someone else kind of go through that first round helps me – make sure that I'm not spending too much time with the wrong person.
0: That is incredibly good advice. And I've also had to learn the hard way too, but I've gotten much better at taking my time and making really slow, careful hires. Uh, and, you know, I just realized we are right at the absolute end. Um, I do want to mention one quick thing to people that you do this thing called the Fired Up and Focus Challenge, which I love and I am always shouting out about it because it really, really works. You teach people in the Fired Up and Focused program how to really run their business efficiently. And I want our audience to know that you have a book coming out at the end of August based on this, correct? Yes. I'm so excited.
2: The book is dropping the last week of August.
0: And how can they get their copy? Because I'm going to tell you guys. You're going to want this and you're going to want to sign up for the fired up and focus challenge you're going to want all this stuff so where can they get yeah. it
2: so the best way to keep in the loop about it is to go to firedupandfocus.com where you can it'll say right now that we're not running the whole challenge live it's a 21 day challenge but we have a five day preview going on right now and the five day preview will change your life i promise i'm not even kidding the five first five days are amazing Um, And then we'll run the full challenge in September, but the book drop the last week of August on August 24th, and we will be sending out an announcement because we're going to do a promo with Kindle to ensure that all of our fired-up and focused peeps get a free copy of
0: that book. So if you're on the list, you will get a free Kindle copy of the book that week. I am definitely on the list, and I will be grabbing that as soon as it's out because you're – T- uh, tips and techniques in the fired up and Focused challenge have really helped me to get better at my business so i'm telling everybody I love that. better get on that list and get that book <laughs> and we also better let people know where we can find you and we need to let people know about our next show so rachel where can people find you fired up and Focused challenge where else the best place is just to go
2: to my website at rachelcook.com, dot com and you can join the challenge on that page. You can go to up at um and join the challenge there, uh, and then you can also get all the links to all my
0: social, et, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> awesome. And, Bree, we need to let
1: people know about next month's show.
0: We do. We
1: do. You guys, we're going to have another – rachel on our show (laughs) next next month so the show next month is august 19th okay it's not the last wednesday it's august 19th so make sure you've noted that and we're going to be talking with rachel cole about keeping your sacred well full staying nourished and healthy while ruling your empire so this is awesome because you know as, as i always say we set these up um, in a sequence, Teresa and I plan these out like way, way far in advance. And so we just talked about work life balance, what that means, what that looks like. So now how do we keep it sustained? How do we nourish it? That's what we'll be talking about next month.
0: So I hope to see everybody there and I want to thank everybody who has tuned in tonight. I want to thank you, Rachel, for spending time with us. It's been just absolutely a blast having you on here and you've been so helpful to our audience. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This was just so much fun, and I am going to listen to the
1: next month, too. <laughs> so fun. Yay, thank you, Rachel. Yay. We loved having you. This was great.
0: And thanks to everyone in our audience and for those guys who are listening in. In case you didn't hear the beginning of the show, my name is Teresa Reed. You can find me at thetarolady.com. And, Bree?
1: My name is Brianna Saucy. You can find me at briannasassi.com. Thank you all so much for joining us this evening. It was great to have you on the line, and we will see you again next month.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.